critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey, what's up, thinkers? Kathy Gibbons here. Welcome back to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast, where you get a little bit smarter and a little harder to fool every time you listen. And you guys, this is episode 200. Okay, this might not be a big deal to you. This is a big deal to me that I have actually produced 200 episodes on this podcast. So um, yay, I'm celebrating. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this content, this podcast with your friends, with your family. I really appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind helping me celebrate 200 episodes, would you do one of two things? Either leave an, leave a review, go down wherever you're listening, leave a review, or just share it. Hit the share button and share this with somebody who you think might enjoy it. But the other thing that it got me thinking about is, can you believe that there's over 200 ways that we can think incorrectly? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy to me how many different ways um, humans have that we can think wrongly, think incorrectly. And it just, to me, it's a lot of opportunities to think right and to really work on this skill. So I'm excited. And I'm not done yet, y'all. I I know I keep talking about we're wrapping up season one, and we are, but it's a long wrap up because I still have a list of... um, fallacies that I want to cover with you guys. So anyways, I'm super thankful for all the new listeners and followers that have found this podcast recently. Seriously, welcome. I really want to encourage you to go back and start listening from episode one. This podcast is kind of unique in that it's a teaching podcast. Every episode is like a different lesson, so to speak, and I like to review often. So the episodes sort of build on each other. And obviously, of course, you can listen in wherever you would like to, But just know it was designed to go in order. So listening that way may be helpful. Okay, well, let's start off by reviewing a fallacy we covered earlier this season, the fallacy of confusing explanations and excuses. I know, that's a mouthful. But the fallacy of confusing explanations and excuses happens when someone assumes that an explanation given for something is really just an excuse or an attempt to justify that thing even when it's a valid explanation. So the question to ask yourself, if you think you might be facing or even committing the fallacy of confusing explanations and excuses, is this. Are they stating facts or making excuses? So if you want to review or hear more about this fallacy, go back and check out episode 140. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to one of this show's sponsors who I'm super excited is back to sponsor the show in 2024, and that is CTC Math. Have you ever wished for a math program that adapts to and changes along with your child's ability? How cool is that? Well, CTC Math does exactly that. It's an online program that uses smart questions that change in difficulty. So your kids are able to master concepts confidently, plus their progress is tracked automatically, which makes grading and record keeping super simple. So if you want to give it a try, go to ctcmath.com and you can get a free trial. It truly is math learning that is tailored just for your child. 
Okay, so today we are starting a mini series on statistical fallacies. And I have to admit, I have had a list of statistical fallacies that I've been wanting to cover here for quite some time. But for some reason, I have had trouble putting together good explanations for some of these. So I reached out to friends to get some help. And my friend Thomas McCuddy has a background in mathematics and agreed to come on and help me talk about statistical fallacies. So the next 10 episodes are going to be a mini series where we cover these fallacies. Now, I've already covered some of these fallacies here in this poly- on this podcast that actually are statistical fallacies, like the Texas sharpshooter in episode 12, um, gambler's fallacy in episode 45, cherry picking in episode 145. So you can go back and listen to those and check those out uh, because they are also part of this category called statistical fallacies. Now, I want to tell you real quick about a book on this topic that you might enjoy reading. In fact, I think this should be required reading in high school. It's called How to Lie with Statistics. And I know it sounds like a training manual on how to fool people, but it's really a training manual on how to recognize statistical fallacies. It's excellent. It was written back in the 1950s, I think, and I just really enjoyed reading. It was fun. They had great examples. It really made these ideas clear. So it'll definitely make you question the stats that are presented to you, and it's going to help you be able to think about them better. So definitely check out How to Lie with Statistics if that is something that you are interested in learning more about. So without further ado, let's dive into today's interview on the misuse of averages fallacy. Hey, Thomas. Well, thanks a million for being with me today. I'm super excited that we're going to record a bunch of episodes here on statistical fallacies. So why don't we start off? Can you just introduce yourself to us, to our audience, and uh, just kind of share your background? Absolutely. So I'm Dr. Thomas McCuddy. I did my undergraduate at Middle Tennessee State University, and it was in mathematics. I was actually going to be a math teacher, Uh, and God saved me from that. And (laughs) I ended up going into ministry, but, um, part of me was, uh, as I went into ministry and did apologetics, studying logic has been a big part of what I've done in the ministry, trying to help believers think clearly. And I guess that comes from my mathematical, logical background. Um, but part of what we do now, I'm part of a ministry we started about two and a half years ago called families of virtue. And so the whole idea of cultivating intellectual virtue and moral virtue uh, is is all part of what we do because it's it's really a ministry to reclaim virtue and uh, fallacies are the really the vices of the mind. Um, a mind that is excellent will not fall into this and and misunderstand and misreason. So this is all part of what we're trying to do to help the church and really as a part of what we're doing in our in our ministry as we can use our minds well, then we are better disciples. We can come to, there is this aspect, we can come to know God as we understand his creation, as our mind works well, we're able to raise our minds with wisdom and understand the most ultimate, which is God. And if we can't understand the most basic things right in front of us, then we will not be able to understand the ultimate. So that's a, that's a little bit about us and what we do and why I'm glad to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. You summed up really well, I think, uh, what it means to endeavor to love God with our minds. So mm-hmm. I like that. That was a great explanation. So if people want to, and I'll, we'll share this obviously at the at the very end after the last episode that I have with you, but if people want to follow you or find out more about you, where can they do that? 
So familiesofvirtue.com is our ministry website, but we also have our classicalvirtueacademy.com. This is where we do online training. We um, operate not just in terms of like the academic subjects, but we teach virtue. We're doing discipleship right now. And we do this with people all over the world. So it's super easy to find us. Uh, just about an hour ago, I finished up a discipleship meeting with pastors in Kenya. So oh, cool. we want to help the church wherever. So it's super easy to find us on Facebook, searching for Families of Virtue and the Classical Virtue Academy and other social media. And we would love to connect with anyone who is interested. So. That's awesome. Okay. And I will include those links in the show notes for each of these episodes that we do. So, okay, we have a total of 10 different statistical fallacies, even just saying statistical um, does not roll off the tongue very easily, that you are going to be talking us through. So let's dive into the first one. The first one is called the, well, actually, let's do this first. How would you, in your own words, how would you describe what is a statistical fallacy? So the statistical fallacy is really uh, drawing incorrect conclusions from whatever data that you have, the misuse of what you have. And uh, in the same way that we use our minds to apprehend and grab the things around us, like when I look and I see um, a pencil, or at least what I think is a pencil, if I misperceive it, I'm not going to understand what I'm looking at. So statistical fallacies do the same kind of thing, but because it's math, it's more abstract. It's not as easy to correct as, oh, that's, you know, wasn't a pencil. You know, I can use my senses. You can't always do that with statistical fallacies. So it's it's drawing incorrect conclusions, part of the misreasoning process uh, involving numbers, uh, whether it's by accident or on purpose. And we'll talk about some of those. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's dive into the first one. The first one is called the misuse of averages. So how would you define what is the misuse of averages? So it's really when we're, um, and you, most people understand what averages are, but we're trying to make them say things that maybe uh, that that are, it doesn't actually say, or it's hiding information inside that average. Kind of like um, when you look at the average, you know, so if I have a student, I teach at a college and you know, my student's average is a solid B, you know, I might think, okay, they've got a good, good grasp. And I may not realize that actually, you know, they've got A's mostly, but there's some F's. So there's clear deficiencies, but I wouldn't see that from the averages. It makes me think that, oh, this represents everything that's there Forgetting outliers can uh, be there. And, and you can have a very different picture than if everything was more uniform. Okay. Interesting. So it's saying that if you only look at the average, it's not going to give you a really clear picture of what you might be seeing. It might not give you a clear picture of what you're seeing. Right. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't tell you the whole story. And so yes. that's where, against the fallacy is drawing a conclusion um, inappropriately or incorrectly from that. Uh, and as an example of that, you know, a company that says, well, here's the average salary. So you're going to apply, you're going to get this job and like, Hey, that's a nice, good salary. I like that. But you don't realize that actually there's a bunch of high earners in there uh, or a few high earners and a whole lot of low, low earners. And there's a major discrepancy. So when you enter this company, you're actually, your salary is much more likely to be well below that average because that's hidden. Uh, it's, a, it's that misuse of the average. It's making you think something that is the case and it's not the case. And what's the problem? What's the nature of the problem behind this, the thinking with the misuse of averages? 
Well, again, it, it doesn't tell you the whole story that you, you've you got some information and the average is the average. But if you fail to ask why, you're going to to draw the incorrect conclusions. You're going to not realize maybe the, the things that would affect that average to make it what it is. Um, so the, the problem, again, is, uh, like I said, looking at um, even test scores across a school, you look, oh, well, this school's pretty good. And your your assumption, your that the fallacy there is you're thinking this represents everybody. But the way averages work, it may not. Um, it may not actually represent anybody. You might have high scores, you might have low scores. And so that's where, you know, you don't want to assume on the data that's found inside the average. That's the that's the mistake. Yeah. And I love that one of the examples that you had sent to me as we were going back and forth about this is that it's like saying that the average depth of a pool is five feet. And so you'd say, okay, my, my, my child, my teenager is, is good. They, they, might, they, not, they might not be able to swim well, but if the average is five feet, they should be fine. Well, not realizing that it actually, the pool goes from one foot on one end to nine feet on the deep end. And they're not going to be fine in nine feet of water if they can't swim. So I thought that was just a super easy easy, good example. So, okay. Well, so as I do, oh, go ahead. Well, and statistically speaking, you know, your chances of survival are good, but that would be one of the misuse is because it's when it's, you know, you hit that other end. That's, that's what you want to know. You want to know uh, the, the full range of that data uh, in order to make good decisions and really know what you're dealing with. Excellent. Okay. So the question, if we think we might be facing a misuse of averages, give us a question that we can help to think about this well. The question is, does this average give the full picture? Does it really tell me what's going on or what might be the sort of the different scenarios that could have gotten this average? Um, such as, you know, if, you, if you're looking at uh, a mid-range number, you can have a whole lot of highs and a whole lot of lows versus, you know, if you, if you have somebody, uh, much like with, with test scores, if somebody has a 99 average, well, it's really hard to get that average any other way other than having all good grades. But when you have those averages that are more in the middle, you might you might want to ask, you know, I need to see the data. I need to see how this number came to be so I can really know what's going on inside there. Excellent. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Remember, when you learn how to think, you'll no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filter it through a brain cell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filter it through a brain cell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filter it through a brain cell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.